Welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. That would be yours truly. It is the second day of December, 2021. It is a Thursday, and we've got a lot to talk about today, so let's get right to it. Alec Baldwin, a dyed-in-the-wool Democrat socialist, is using the Democrat playbook to his advantage. He now claims that he didn't pull the trigger when that gun went off twice, killing one member of his crew and severely wounding another member of his crew. He told ABC News in an exclusive interview, quote, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. Sure you didn't, Alec. The gun just went off all by itself. I'll tell you, I've said this for decades. I've got a wonderful 9mm handgun. When all this rage about let's get rid of guns because guns kill people was going on, each and every time the Democrats needed something to divert your attention away from some of their wrongdoing, they bring up the gun debate and how we need to get rid of the evil gun. I sat a fully loaded, cocked and ready 9mm pistol on the coffee table. It sat there for months on end. Didn't fire once. Didn't go off by itself. Did not wake up and decide to go shoot someone. Oh, I taunted the gun. It was black, so I started calling it black names. I started calling it vile names. I started accusing the gun of being a chicken shit gun because it wouldn't get up and kill someone. I even dared the gun to get up and kill me, but it didn't. It just sat there because a gun is an inanimate object. The gun was in Alec Baldwin's hand. Alec Baldwin disobeyed direction from the director of the movie. There was nothing in the script that called for him to pull the trigger or to even wave the gun and point it at anyone. He did this on his own. Thought he was being cool. Thought he was being a badass. He pulled the trigger. Not once, but twice. You mean to tell me the gun went off by itself, aimed itself in a gyroscopic motion, aimed itself while it was in Alec Baldwin's hand, killing one person and then aimed in a different direction and wounded someone else? In this exclusive ABC News interview, actor Alec Baldwin told George Stepton Poupoulos in an exclusive interview that he had no idea how a live bullet got into the set of his film, Rust and that he didn't pull the trigger on the firearm that killed one person and wounded another. He says, quote, I would never point a gun at anyone and pull the trigger at them. Never! But yet he pointed the gun at two people and pulled the trigger twice! Baldwin told Stepton Poupoulos in a first look at the upcoming interview, which is produced by George Stepton Poupoulos Productions, to air on ABC tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, someone put a live bullet in a gun, he said. A bullet that wasn't even supposed to be on the property, he added. On October 21st, Alec Baldwin was holding an antique revolver during a dress rehearsal for the Western at Bonanza Creek Ranch near Santa Fe, New Mexico. The way the article is written, it says, when the gun discharged, killing the film's cinematographer, Helena Hutchins, and wounding its director, Joel Souza. It discharged. He didn't pull the trigger. Of course not. In the exclusive ABC News interview, Alec Baldwin, who is starring in and co-producing the film, he talked about what happened on the set that fateful day, 
saying he had no reason to suspect a live bullet could be in the prop gun. Well, anyone who's ever handled a gun, and anyone who handles a gun should know this before they ever handle a gun. You always, always check to see if it is loaded. And you never, ever point it at anyone unless it is your intent to dispatch that person with deadly force. That's basic gun operation 101. If he wasn't qualified to carry the gun, whether it's a prop gun, a BB gun, a pellet gun, a Nerf gun, a water gun, if you aren't qualified to check that weapon for live ammunition, you should not ever put that weapon in your hand. Alec Baldwin also talked with Stepton Pupilis about Helena Hutchins, age 42, whom he struck in the chest and killed with that gun and that bullet after she was airlifted to a hospital. He says, I think back and I think of what I could have done. You could have not pointed a gun, a loaded gun, at Helena Hutchins, Mr. Baldwin. That's what you could have done. You could have checked that gun to see if there was a live round in it, Mr. Baldwin. But instead, you pulled the gun out, you pointed it, and you fired not once, but twice. He says she was someone who was loved by everyone who worked with her and liked by everyone who worked with her and admired. I mean, even now, I find it hard to believe that she's gone. It doesn't seem real to me. My friends, this guy will do anything like any typical Democrat to try and get out of, in this case, committing murder. Had this been, let's say, a conservative Republican actor, they would be all over the news 24-7 trying to find a reason. Maybe Helena Hutchins likes homosexual people. And that's why the evil conservative actor killed her. That's what they'd be doing. I'm telling you, my friends, the double standard, the hype, the hypocrisy is unbelievable. And it just keeps going and going and going and, of course, going. Let me flip to another unpopular Democrat. Gropey, mopey, dopey, sleepy, creepy, touchy-feely, muttering, puttering, fluttering, shuddering, stuttering, stammering, mumbling, fumbling, crumbling, grumbling, tumbling, stumbling, mopey, dopey, little girl, gropey, Joe Biden. Minnesota protesters greeted Biden with signs reading, You suck, and FJB, which we all know stands for F. Joe Biden. Matthew Miller writes in the Washington Examiner that protesters in Minnesota gathered to meet President Joe Biden's motorcade, holding signs criticizing the president with obscenities and other very unsupportive messages. Well, that's their right, First Amendment and all. Gropey Joe visited Minnesota for the first time as president. He waited an entire year to go visit Minnesota. First time to speak about his infrastructure agenda. And demonstrators were seen holding pro-Trump and anti-Biden signs and flags as the motorcade passed by. Some signs read FJB, an abbreviation for the phrase Joe Biden. F Joe Biden. A less coded version just outright said F-U-C-K-U Biden with the U and the F cleverly drawn to look like a middle finger. A middle-aged man with a beard, they write, a somewhat rough-looking middle-aged man with a beard was holding his middle finger in the air as the motorcade passed. Other signs read, you suck. High gas, come on, man. And Trump is still president. Similar recent protests have followed gropey Joe Biden everywhere he's gone around the nation. He was greeted by hundreds of protesters during his trip to Idaho in September 
He visited to speak to local leaders back then about combating wildfires and pushing his so-called economic agenda. Protesters were chanting, traitor, smell my hair, Joe Biden sucks, let's go Brandon, F Joe Biden, and others. I'm telling you folks, nobody likes this guy. I can't find a single Biden-Harris sticker, not even on a Prius around the New Orleans area. The buyer's remorse and the shame of someone having to admit they voted for this clown who has raised taxes, raised prices, emptied shelves, allowed millions of undocumented illegal trespassing invaders in the southern border, left 13 troops dead in Afghanistan in a crappy, unplanned withdrawal, stranded hundreds if not thousands of Americans and American supporters behind enemy lines, killed our energy infrastructure, made us no longer energy independent. You name it, this guy is a joke. Jerry Diamond posted on Twitter a video of the protest. I'm trying to read some of the signs here. My body, my choice, Biden for prison, F Biden, F Joe Biden, F Biden, F Biden, Trump is the president, stolen election, Patriots walking down the road with F. Biden flags draped around their backs. Trump 2024, the American flag. Trump 2020, Trump 24. F. Biden, F. Biden, F. Biden. As well as several other signs. One of them saying, traitor Joe. My body, my choice. No vax mandates. Bloody Joe Biden. Just, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people here who don't like the president. And they have the right to not like him. He's doing a really lousy, lousy job. And this is the Truth Hurts program. USA Today writes, government shutdown looms. Here's what we know about where things stand. Congress is once again racing to avoid another government shutdown. While Democrat and Republican leaders earlier this week said both sides were making progress to keep the lights on for a few more weeks, the partial shutdown could begin this Saturday at midnight if the two sides don't reach an agreement in time. The problem is there are not enough votes to pass a funding bill, and it's any serious objection in either chamber that will delay passage and therefore forcing a shutdown for at least quite a few days. Lawmakers are disagreeing over how long the extension could last or should last. There's also pressure from Republican lawmakers threatening to hold up the bill because they object to the Biden administration mandate on workplace vaccinations. As well they should. My body, my choice, right? Joe Biden, the gropey Joe president, announced last month a policy that large businesses with 100 or more employees will require workers to be vaccinated against COVID or be forced to be regularly tested by having things jammed up their noses. Non-compliant businesses could face penalties of 14000 per violation, and the courts have told gropey Joe Biden that that is unconstitutional. But he still says it's law even though the court, the federal courts, say it's not. Even though the federal appeals court blocked the implementation of the rules, several lawmakers on the Republican side of both chambers of Congress are vowing to hold up appropriations bills that would keep the government open unless it contains language that prevents the administration from implementing the unconstitutional vaccine mandate. The Senate is waiting for the House to act first. There's currently no indication when a vote might take place in the House, A vote had not been scheduled as of this morning. 
The House Freedom Caucus sent a letter to Senate Republicans on Wednesday asking leadership to delay the measure beyond Friday's deadline unless they get a commitment that Congress will not fund the administration's unconstitutional vaccine mandates. House Freedom Caucus wrote in a letter to Mitch McConnell, the Senate Minority Leader, quote, As you know, the current government funding mechanism expires on Friday night. Thus, the Senate Republican Conference enjoys important leverage against these mandates. We therefore write to request that you use all procedural tools at your disposal to deny timely passage of the continuing resolution unless it prohibits funding in all respects for vaccine mandates and enforcement thereof. Procedurally, in order to make the deadline, the legislation could pass the Senate on a voice vote, but a single senator's objection could force a delay. I'm guessing. Rand Paul, maybe? Negotiators face real possibility that this could happen. Several Republicans on Wednesday are slamming the mandates publicly. Senator Mike Lee, a Republican out of Utah, told reporters he can't facilitate a funding resolution without addressing the vaccine mandates. Ted Cruz, Republican of Texas, said he is not particularly invested in the timing of a given vote, whether it occurs a few hours early or a few hours later. But I think we should use the leverage we have to fight against what are illegal, unconstitutional, and abusive mandates from a president and an administration that knows they are violating the law. Back in November, Senator Roger Marshall, Republican from Kansas, wrote a letter to Senate leaders on the same issue. He said, quote, This is wrong, morally, legally, and constitutionally. Accordingly, we will oppose all efforts to implement and enforce it with every tool at our disposal, including our votes on spending measures considered by the Senate. The letter this week was signed by 14 other senators. When asked about the objections raised by Republicans, Majority Leader Chuckle Schumer said Wednesday that he and McConnell are working to reach a compromise that might pass the Senate. If any senator objects to a quick vote before Friday, the government could have a partial shutdown over the weekend, and it could last quite a long time. McConnell says he hopes to avoid a shutdown. He says, I think we'll get there. Certainly nobody should be concerned about a government shutdown. But then he later says, I think we're going to be okay. It's not clear yet what wrangling will occur, but I have a feeling, my friends, those of you on the government payroll might get a couple of days of furlough. This is the Truth Hurts Program. And this just in, just now, House strikes a deal to avoid a government shutdown deadline. The House reached a deal on a temporary government funding bill ahead of the deadline this Friday to avoid the shutdown, and they could vote on the legislation as soon as today. It could face issues in the Senate where a handful of Republicans are pushing to include language to bar the Biden administration vaccine mandate on private employers, and I think that should be there. So they are making some progress as of 8.30 a.m. Central Time. You heard it here on the Truth Works program. Hey guys, remember that FedEx driver that dumped 400 packages in a ravine on private property? According to Drew Weisholtz in the Today Show, this same driver did this at least six times. It says a FedEx driver who dumped nearly 400 packages of various sizes into an Alabama ravine did so at least on six occasions. Update on the FedEx dump. Investigators have determined the driver dumped at least six times, making FedEx a victim of six different theft of property cases. As of right now, we're looking at around 450 individual victims, some in Blount County, some not. Investigators are attempting to work their cases individually. This will not be an easy or fast case to close. The, pay, the sheriff is asking for patience from citizens as investigators work through the case. 
packages were found strewn about in a forest and on the foot of a hillside last week, 30 miles north of Birmingham, Alabama. An unidentified FedEx driver was questioned in the matter. It says it's unclear if the sheriff's office will pursue charges. Why the hell wouldn't you? Oh, oh, maybe he's a protected class AA 13% hyphenated American minority. And therefore, he'll probably just get a little slap on the wrist because, well, we don't want systemic racism in policing, right? The sheriff wrote, There have been many questions coming in, mainly from media, regarding the FedEx debacle. Investigators have been speaking to FedEx's security personnel. The driver has been identified in question, but we're not releasing his name. More to come. Please be patient. We're currently getting to all the details. It's all the information we can share and will be shared when we can share it. You can share it right now. You could release the guy's name. You could release his ethnicity. In a statement Friday, FedEx said the security of our customers' shipments is a top priority. And we're committed to treating our customers' packages with the utmost care. Really? It also says we're taking steps to recover and transport the affected packages as quickly as possible. In addition to cooperating with law enforcement, we're conducting a review of the situation and we will take appropriate action. Yes, your packages are in good hands, my friends. Hi, Grandma. It's me, Timmy. I made you a wonderful Christmas present in class and I wanted to send it to you early so that you could have it in your room and you could show it off to everybody at the nursing home. Oh, Grandma, you're going to love it. I made it with love and I even put that Polaroid picture of you and me at the theme park that you love so much. That's a one-of-a-kind photo and it can never be reproduced because it was Polaroid. I sent it on the FedEx package truck and they, the company, says they really, really care about my special package. It should be arriving at your nursing home in North Alabama by tomorrow because mommy paid extra money for special handling and overnight delivery. I know how much you will enjoy showing off this framed picture and I even made the frame from an antique box that Pop-Pop used to keep his cigars in. Oh, Timmy, I'm so looking forward to getting your gift. Being in this nursing home sure gets lonely and seeing your happy face on that picture would mean the world to me. Eight weeks later. Hello, Grandma. It's me, Timmy. I was wondering, you didn't like my special gift? You didn't call to tell me what you thought of it. You don't love me anymore, Grandma? Oh, Timmy, I never got your gift. In fact, the sheriff's office called today to tell me that it was thrown out like someone's garbage in a ravine north of town by a driver for FedEx who doesn't care if I ever see the package. They won't tell me whether it's destroyed or just damaged, and they say it could be over a year before they can release it because of the criminal investigation against the unnamed driver. Oh, Timmy, Grandma doesn't know how much longer she will be around, and I sure wish I had that special gift for you. But, but FedEx doesn't seem to care about that, or your Grandma. FedEx. Our name should be Fed Up. But it's not. And no, Grandma, we really don't care about your grandkids' lousy picture. Okay, my friends, I am not a degreed political strategist. I don't do this for a living. I am just a common sense, hardworking American who pays his taxes. And I think probably most Americans are. If we could take off the Democrat hat and the Republican hat and just see that the extremes of both parties are really asshats, the nation might be in a much better uh, situation, much better shape socially. But you see, the radicals have taken over the Democrat party. Nut jobs like AOC, Focahontas, Beto, Nancy Pelosi, Chuckle Schumer, Adam Schiff, Cory Booker, all of these kinds of people, Camel Toe Harris, the squad, they are so very far to the left. 
Bernie Sanders. They're so very far to the left, and they've hijacked that party. People polarize. You either like the Cowboys or you hate the Cowboys. You either like the Astros or you hate the Astros. You either like the Republicans or you hate the Republicans. There's no middle ground. There's no saying, well, gee, both of those teams play pretty good ball. Yes, they do some boneheaded things, but they're both pretty good teams. We have made polarization such a landmark issue in everyday life in America that I don't think there's room for compromise anywhere. And now Democrats, according to The Hill, are debating on how aggressive, gropey Joe Biden should be when taking on Republicans. Some in the Democrat Party, which is heavily divided, by the way, say he needs to be balanced in his attacks. Others want him to go full throttle. But here's the problem. I'm not going to even read this article. The problem is there's nothing good for Joe Biden to brag about. He's done nothing positive or favorable for this nation since he took office. The Republicans need to simply drop any reference to the 2020 cheating, the 2020 election fraud, the 2020 election voter irregularities, just drop it. Right now, the only answer to anything that a Democrat has to say negative about Republicans is empty shelves, Joe? Border crisis, Joe? Debacle that got 13 service members killed in your hasty withdrawal from Afghanistan, Joe? No longer energy independent as a nation, Joe? Supply chain shortages, Joe? Massive inflation, Joe? Keystone Pipeline, Joe? Drilling offshore waters and offshore and onshore lands on federal lands, Joe? High gasoline prices, Joe? Empty shelves, Joe? Empty shelves, Joe? Thought you were going to fix COVID, Joe? You've done nothing that you said you were going to do when you ran for office over a year ago. And you've done nothing at all positive for our nation since you took office just shy of one year ago. Johnny Jackson is a Republican representative of the House from Texas. He said this week the Omicron variant, the African variant, is the latest plot by Democrats to cheat during an election. But we're not going to let them. Just around the beginning of the election cycle, they used a weaponized, Democrat-approved coronavirus created in a lab in Wuhan, China, authorized by Dr. Fucci, paid for with your tax dollars, diverted through the NIH to that lab to perform gain-of-function research to turn a previously untransmissible-to-humans coronavirus into a weapon, a biological weapon. Whether that weapon was intentionally released on humanity or accidentally released on humanity, it is a man-created viral agent, a biological weapon that was created and manufactured using gain-of-function research during the Obama-Biden presidency with your tax dollars diverted directly to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Dr. Fucci lied before Congress under oath saying they did not fund gain-of-function research because technically this or technically that. It's exactly what they did. And Fucci still runs free. He's even on television in suits and ties trying to tell people, I didn't do that. 
and when he's questioned directly on his involvement, he tries to shift the blame and starts talking about the January 6th skirmish at the U.S. Capitol, which, by the way, involved Trump supporters and anti-Trump people. The fact that the Democrats have nothing at all positive to run on and there is an entire stack of negatives against their policies, programs, and procedures is the only thing Republicans need to focus on. Joe Biden says, hey, I don't like your position on so-and-so. You just say, hey, Joe, why are the shelves empty? Democrats say, hey, we don't like your Republicans' position on such-and-such. Hey, why are gas prices so high, Democrats? You can't blame us. We're not in charge. We're not in power. Democratic president, Democratic vice president, Democratic speaker of the House, Democratic majority in the House, Democrat speaker or majority leader in the Senate, which still baffles me. You have 48 Democrat registered Democrat senators, 48. You have 50 registered Republicans in the Senate. 50 is greater than 48, but yet somehow chuckles the clown Schumer with only 48 senators is the leader in the Senate. There are two independents who generally caucus with the Democrats, but technically speaking, the Democrats are not the majority in the U.S. Senate. They are too short of a majority, which means the Republicans are the majority. And I don't know why the hell we didn't fight like hell to prove that fact out and say, look, you guys are not the majority. It's a 48 Democrat, 50 Republican, two independent Senate. But I guess that's a story for another day. Like I said, I'm not a degreed political scientist. So I can't answer that question, which is on the minds of many, many Americans. How the hell come the Republicans are not in the majority since they have 50 and the Democrats only have 48? Makes no sense whatsoever. A couple of other quickies for you. Shoplifting numbers for San Francisco doubled in September after one target location changed the method it uses to report the crime. Oh, now they're saying Target's twisting the numbers. Shoplifting is shoplifting. It's when people walk into your store and walk out without paying for something. San Francisco Bay Area businesses are concerned about the recent wave of retail crime and smash and grab robberies, showing shocking videos of coordinated robberies that have now made headlines around the world. Data from the San Francisco Police Department tells an oddly different story, however, because they don't want their city to look bad. Too late. People are crapping on your sidewalks, urinating in your streets, and robbing your stores in giant, lawless gangs. Rather than a rising wave, the monthly number of shoplifting reports over the past 18 months has remained below pre-pandemic averages, except for a short spike in September that briefly doubled the count. The San Francisco Chronicle took a look at the spike and discovered that 154 of the 400 shoplifting reports were attributed to an intersection in front of a Target in the Metreon Mall, three blocks away from Union Square. When asked about whether there had been a spree of incidents at the Target, the manager said no. What changed, Abbott said, was that the store started using a phone reporting system to report incidents that was set up by the San Francisco Police Department. Abbott and Target declined to discuss the matter further with the newspaper. Interesting, the number of shoplifting reports for November have fallen back below 200, 
a, in spite of the recent high-profile spate of burglaries over Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, okay. Target doesn't want their building burned to the ground. So they're not reporting the accurate number of 13% double-A hyphenated American minorities who are running in there in groups of as many as 100 at a time and stealing as much as they can carry in their feeble little felon fingers. That should be at least a couple of hundred individual shoplifting reports. But we don't want to piss off the minority. They'll burn our business to the ground. Attempting to detain a suspected shoplifter or try to recover losses from them can sometimes spell legal troubles for the companies. A woman who says she was wrongly accused of stealing groceries sued Walmart, and the jury found this week on Tuesday that Walmart was wrong in accusing her. They ordered the food chain to pay this woman $2.1 million in damages. So why not just walk in and take anything and everything you want? If the retailers aren't going to try and stop you and you can sue them even if you are stealing and win 2.1 million dollars why not i think i'm going to go to the 100 percent off sale myself maybe pick up a few things and just walk out nah mom and dad raised me better than that that's the truth and since i don't try to get away with crime i guess for me the truth hurts go out there and make it a great day everybody we'll see you on our next program Thank you for listening to this edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are free speech protected under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Mm-hmm.